You're listening to The New Paris. Recently, I was in Washington, D.C., giving a speaking engagement at the Alliance Française. And this talk was moderated by a good friend of mine, David Santori, a Frenchman who left his home country 18 years ago and has been living all over America since. And we had a very, very engaging conversation. And the audience had so many questions about both of our lives, both in Paris and him now in Washington, D.C. And we thought it would be fun, given that he was coming back to Paris for a visit, his annual visit, actually, uh, to have a little bit of a chat, a continue, continue the discussion and talk maybe about what it's like to be French and see your home city, Paris, change and how that's changed every year for 18 years. Uh, so, David, I'm so excited for you to be here because I only get to have you in, in France once a year. So welcome. Thank you so much. Um, it's, I mean, we just had this sort of back and forth a week ago. Um, so now we're in Paris in the studio and I have so many questions about, you know, with every trip that you're that you make something has already changed. So from your last trip last year, I, I can already point out a handful of things that have changed. But in your mind, what, what are some of the key uh, things that you've noticed over the years that are just strikingly different? Um, well, I will start by saying, uh, so a couple of things change every single time, but actually what really struck me this time that has changed is service. And mm. it's funny because I just had a drink um, Your day drinking? Yes, no, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, and the waiter um, started the conversation and his service by asking, "Hi, how are you doing?" Which is a very copy paste, you know, from the American way of greeting people when you're at a restaurant or a bar. And it's not the first time. I was also at a hotel uh, five days ago, and the um, uh, bartender at the bar also said the same thing. And I don't know. I you know I haven't. I've only been here for three days. Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily the younger generation mm -hmm. um, that is saying this, if it's, you know, a different way of addressing people. Um, I don't know if it's in the rest of France. You know, um, I didn't notice this. I, right now I was in Provence for a little while and I didn't notice this, but I, I can tell that the service is different this time around in Paris. But when you were growing up in Paris... How would someone greet you if they were to come take your drink order? Well, I think you would just say hi, but the, how are you doing? And especially waiting for an answer, mm. because I did reply and I said, thank you. You know, how are you doing? And he replied back. So I've, and it happened twice already, and I found it to be quite um, surprising. Hmm. Yeah, usually they're just like, uh, je vous écoute, I'm listening, what do you want? <laughs> yes, that's right, that's right. Or they'll be like, qu'est-ce que vous voulez Oui, ce sera, ce sera quoi? Vous avez fait votre choix? That's ouais. right. Um, okay, so that, that, I mean, service, I will say, um, has improved drastically. Um, yes, it depends where you go, and certainly yes. there's um, more of a relaxed attitude, even in, you know, when you're going to a bar or when yep. you're going to a bistro. Um, so... I, I, I'm pretty sure most people, I think, would find that it's drastically improved. But surely there must be other things. Um, I would say um, I, what I've seen with the rise of social media and Internet, and you have to remember, when I left France, I didn't have Internet at home. And You're really dating yourself. <laughs> what, so, right. so what year did you leave France? <laughs> 1999. Wow. And you left for? I left for love. Oh, 
Yes. Okay. All right. And where did you end up first in uh... in good old Milwaukee, Wisconsin? My God, you must have been the only French guy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I will. I will say this: uh, Americans are always extremely surprised um, to know that I left Paris for Milwaukee, and I think. I don't know why they're surprised, probably because Milwaukee has a bad rep. Uh, And it's a great city. Uh, But I will point out to Americans saying, if you had the opportunity when you are a young adult to go to a small town in France, would you do it? Probably, yeah. Correct. Exactly. Because it's different. Mm -hmm. It's a new country. Um, It's just a new way of living, and you're just discovering so much. And so, you know, for me to go from Paris to Milwaukee, and especially for the person that, you know, I wanted to be with right. was definitely not a problem. So you did your university studies there? I di- I actually did. Um, I, I started college in Paris. Um, okay. And then I did a one-year exchange um, program to finish my DUG, um, which I think doesn't exist anymore. Um, Is that a type it, of degree? Yeah. it's it's You get it after two years oh, okay. in college okay. in France. And so um, I got my DUG and then I did my licence um, as an exchange program in Milwaukee. And then I stayed. I never came back. And so this is sort of what created our friendship for those listening. Uh, We bonded on the internet, first of all. That's right. uh, And and we're sort of stunned about our parallel stories. Now, you've been in the U.S. for longer than I've been in France, but, you know, Um, I'm I'm climbing in in those ranks. Yeah, it's going to be 19 years in August, so 20 years next year. (sighs) That is crazy. But but so you you followed... um, your education and your and your romantic life over to the U.S. I did the same in Paris. That's right. And it's a bummer because I think we would see a lot more of each other That's if right. we were in the same place. But I mean, I'm so interested by how you've created a life in the U.S. but maintained so much of your your French identity. At least I get the sense that you're you're a nice hybrid of both. Um, so aside from the changes you see when you're here, do you feel like when you come back year after year that something reawakens in you? Do you feel more French when you're here or is, is, is it not quite so on and off? So it, what's really interesting, and I've, I've noticed this, especially on this trip, um, I feel extremely French in the States and I feel extremely American in France. Huh. Yes. There are, I, I guess maybe I just pick up on some of the little things that really bother me about the <laughs> culture where I'm in at the moment that I think the other side kind of kicks in and takes over. Um, so all those little things right now that I'm complaining about the French as during this trip, like, I can't believe they still do this or I can't, you know, I can't believe this is happening. I think that's in the American way that's coming back, like my American identity that's coming back. And then same thing in the States, um, especially when it deals around food, deals around like, I don't know, clothes or whatever, like the, the Frenchness is going to come back. So I'm, I'm curious in the States, how does that actually play out? Because... You know, you and I went out to eat and and had drinks when we were in Washington D.C. And I nothing s- struck me as being overtly French, French in your in your reactions. I felt more French in this. So similarly, yeah. like I went there and 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 was like, you know, hemming and hawing over you know the price or you know the the bizarre seating situations and 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 things like that so how does that play out for you exactly? I think it's I think it's in a social setting where I will and I think it's very French but also very Parisian where I will not talk necessarily to someone that I don't know 
next to you. Correct. Okay. Americans love to make, you know, small chit chat conversation, small talk. You can see this at the airport. You can see this, see this at, <laughs> the, at airport. a bar. At the airport, yes. <laughs> the reason I put my headphones on at the airport when I'm sitting at a bar or having a glass of something before my flight is so no one will actually talk to me. It's horrible to say I know that. It's really antisocial, but I, I still do it. Well, you don't necessarily want to make new friends while you're in transit. I, I, but Americans love that. And yeah. so I think... Um, you know, being in the States and knowing that people are so hungry and starving for either sharing their personal story or just sharing something about whether it's the weather or something they just bought at the store. And especially if they're by themselves in a social setting, they're going to want to chit chat with the person to their left or to their right. And I'm more, I still remember, you know, being with my friends in high school and, you know, not, I mean, it might've been a cliquish thing as well, especially Mm -hmm. at this age, but it's like, why would I talk to you? I don't know you. (laughs) And it just, I, I think it's a French thing, a French thing, but also a Parisian thing. I think you're right. I mean, there's also, I mean, I react sort of this way when I'm on a bus in Paris and, you know, people of a certain age like to take the bus and they also want to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And so I often get stuck next to, you know, the 85 year old who is probably only going to talk to me that day or, you know, I'm the first person they've seen. And so they just, you know, strike up a, a conversation. And I always find that kind of endearing but also very american for yep. a french person to, yep, <laughs> to do true. it but i think it's like once you hit a certain age it doesn't it doesn't matter where you are that's true you're gonna want to talk to somebody that's true that's true i actually witnessed a conversation between two people at an airport and i was sitting right next to them where in a matter of i would say 20 to 25 minutes they had discussed their jobs their boss their families what was wrong at their job and what they could do better and maybe what is you know the next job that they're going to have and it's like you can literally talk, you can have, it's like you can have an entire relationship with someone in a matter of 20 minutes. So it's a privacy issue, I think, or a, 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 I an think emphasis on, on keeping, you know, keeping your business, your personal correct. business. Absolutely. Yeah. But then there's social media and the yes. French have really taken to yes. Instagram, Twitter, although Twitter took a lot, a lot longer to... Uh, to sort of develop a following here, but you know, and that's a, that's an opportunity for people to do some of that sharing that they wouldn't even do in person. And so I think that's changed. And so one of the things that I've noticed going back to your first question, when you said, well, you know, how was it when you were growing up and I didn't have internet when I was growing up and I left in 99, I've seen going back, you know, every, I, I mean, I come, I used to come back twice a year now it's once a year, but, um, you know, just seeing how social media made the French, I think a little bit more open and willing to share things, but also open um, more to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, TV real- reality TV uh, changed that a lot as well. Um, I still remember going back, you know, the, the States had, what was it called, Big Brother and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, France started to take on, and I think it was called Le Loft or whatever they were mm-hmm. in this big manor. And so I was coming back. And, and I they rem- have nouvelle story, uh, nouvelle... Uh... No. I, I don't know, but anyway. I think back in the day in 2000, 2001 and two coming back and I was just like, wow, this is actually happening in France. They're actually making this on French TV where you're actually looking at people living and the French, I think before I would have never even thought about like even hmm. watching people live in an enclosed area. And then just, I, yeah, it was just really, really different. And I could see the influence of America going into France mm. and how there were things that I was used to in my new life that I was not accustomed to 
that I never I had seen on TV or, and then all of a sudden it was going, it was like, it took like maybe four or five years for France to for actually sure. like take on. But even with music, I mean, there have been laws about a certain percent of what is yes. uh, played on the radio and has that, to be French. Yes. And that was huge when I was in high school. And right. I feel, I feel now, um, seeing how people are watching like all these Netflix shows and then American music, I almost feel like, and I think the law is still... Yeah, I think it's so. Yeah, I so. But I think actually, I I really don't think that people actually care anymore. No, but they used to care a lot. Well, when I first moved here, they did. Yeah, it was a big deal, and there was there was a lot more American or Anglo-Saxon resistance. Yes, among the French. Yes, Uh, at least in Paris, you could even feel it. So I think that has drastically changed. Um, So, is there anything you're not that thrilled to see? So, that has changed. So it's funny because, and and you know that I send you those little examples sometimes by text. Yeah, um, it's the language, and I'm not talking about anglicisme. I'm not talking about all the the use and the adoption of French uh, of English words in the French. I'm actually talking more about the syntax. Okay, so you don't uh, mind you don't mind the adoption of words like hashtag and marketing and. So I um, I do mind, and especially um, what depends. For example, parking. You know, a parking, you know, it's, it's just, you know, we've been saying this for years. But then with, I think, the internet and and, and social media, and, and now I hear people saying, you know, chicky and... Ah, uh, for know, check all, or yeah, verify. Yeah, all these different verbs that just adding ER. And, and and I talk about it with my mom. I talk about it with people who, you know, are working and, 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 and they're like, this is happening all the time. You know, like it's it's a, de, a, a debriefing or <laughs> using réunion and I, it, it just that doesn't make any sense. But so those are the anglicismes. I'm talking about the syntax where mm-hmm. um, the English way of the the way the sentence is structured is the same now as in French in some sentences and some um, um, examples. And I hear it in the news because I listen to a lot of French podcasts that I get every morning. So it's France Inter and whatever France Culture and France Info, and you know. When you hear the young generation talking about it, and, it, and my biggest pet peeve is the juste. I you love know, this c'est example. C'est juste pas possible. C'est juste incroyable. Which, which would is be the exact it's copy just incredible. impossible yes. or incredible. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's new. It, 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 I never said this before. It actually hurts my ears. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't hear this five years ago. And now and, and hearing journalists actually say it, on the podcast, on which is then airing, mm-hmm. is I think a big mistake. I think you need to call in I, and I, say, I you know, excuse me, hello, I'm calling in from America. I You're wrong. To call in. Another example is the um, air quotes, the fogime, yeah, which is very American and and I think was brought on in France by reality TV. Um, oh, interesting. I yes. didn't think of that one. Yes. Um, so it, you guys just never did air quotes. Never did air quotes. I can tell you, it just I. And then all of a sudden you saw people do it. But and and I started to do it when I moved to the States because people were doing it. But, but people I, say an, entre guillemets. Yeah, but they don't, I just never saw people actually do so it. So physically make physically the, okay, the okay, air quotes, okay. the faux guillemets. Um, and then the other day I heard on the um, uh, radio, uh, Dans la boucle, for In the Loop. To keep someone in the loop. Oh, man, I say that sometimes. <laughs> you know why? Because I worked in advertising, and that kind of language is, that's where you're getting all of these anglicisms come yep. in, and everything's jumbled, and you yep. say things like, uh, uh, t'as fait tes slides? Yeah. Slide for planche. L'horreur. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a really interesting one. Um 
but surely, I mean, what, what's the solution here? Nothing. I mean, at this point, it's just. Um, I, I really, I, I mean, even when I late. was hearing in high school, you know, that that French law about the, the the songs, and then the, you know, you need to use like the French words. Um, you can't fight this. No, I mean, you no. can't. It's it is going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. And I, literally, I was always rolling my eyes, and it's just it's crazy. However, and maybe it's because I'm older now. Um, but I found that that syntax issue and that just, it's just pas possible, it's just incroyable, is just so plain wrong. And it sounds so awful that it, it hurts. It really hurts. <laughs> so have you heard about du coup? Yes. Because there's there have been articles recently about how everyone, truly everyone, my, my in-laws, I mean, well, people of all ages say du coup as a filler or yeah. to mean, you know, and so or you know, whatever. Uh, and, and it's wrong also. Yeah. Not, not exactly, uh, the intelligent French we thought we were all speaking. I, I'll actually try to, um, uh, see if I say du coup in my conversations. Well, my husband and I now, Oh, you catch we, each other. We pick, we pick it out and uh. we're like, how many times did you say it today? You know, so we're hyper aware now because we read this article about that it's wrong, that it's wrong. Hmm. Um, but, but, you know, language, I guess is fluid and you sort of have to go with the Go with the flow. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'll mention is um, saying uh, mech for guys or, you know, dude. And it's funny because I, was, I just spent some time with my nephew. He's eight years old and he was watching TV. Uh, and I actually heard him kind of talk to the screen and saying, hey, mech, fais pas ça. And I would have never, this is not something that I learned when I was a kid. Right. Nobody would ever say this, you know, before. Um, Did you use the word mech? Uh, or as ne- if you're talking about a guy that's walking down the street. Yeah, a mech dans yeah. la rue. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. But as a, I don't even know what it's called, but it is just, um, you know, it's added like call, word right. to call out someone um, as in, yeah, dude, uh, is also fascinating because they're saying it. He's going to think it's right all his life because that's what he was Did raised with. Did you correct with. him? I did not. But, <laughs> but it, it is... Because everybody's saying it, and I think it's also well. Yeah, you, you know, pointing it out isn't going to drastically no, change. No, reality his TV brought it on. Americans said all the time. It depends, you know, if people started to use it because they saw subtitled, you know, TV shows or whatnot, and maybe it was translated as mech, and then it just entered the language. Mm. I have no idea, but it's really fascinating to observe. So you left when you you sort of just locked in the French that you were speaking Correct. in nineteen ninety nine, and it hasn't raised, changed so much. Raised in the eighties, you know, right. in France, and then um, yeah, yeah, it's it's very different. <laughs> Fascinating. And you also grew up in the 14th arrondissement, is that right? So I, so I was born in Le Mans, uh, grew up in those um, Paris burbs, okay. um, and then was in Paris after that for high school and college. Okay. And so my, my Paris um, uh, kind of uh, living situation was in the 14th and then, uh, you know, 15th, sorry, and I went to high school in the 14th. Okay. So Montparnasse, you know, Pasteur, that whole Very area. left bank. Very left Which bank. is directly opposed to most of what I talk about. Um, <laughs> and you and I are eternally playing right bank versus left bank. That's right. Um, so tell the listeners what you love most about Rive Gauche. Um, and if they were to go and experience, you know, they wanted to go around the left bank, where would you tell them to go? Yeah. So I, I think the reason I love it the most, and I know this is, and everybody's talking about the fight between right and left bank and which one is the best. And I think it's going to be a debate that no one's going to be able to solve ever. Uh, but I love playing this with you because I know you're <laughs> always there. And usually, except for the past couple of years, you know, I'm always on the left bank. And right. I, I mean, I will tell you honestly, living in the 15th, going to high school and college too, because I was at Sancier, so it was all left. 
And with my friends or even going out, it was Saint-Germain, Odéon, Saint-Michel. The only time, I kid you not, the only time I crossed the Seine was to go to the Marais. That is it. I never went And that past. was like that was like a day trip? <laughs> <laughs> you needed a bus to get there? <laughs> Passport. <laughs> um, I never went further than that. There was literally no need for me to take the subway for 45 minutes and then and end up in the north of Paris. I didn't want to go to Montmartre. I didn't want to go to any of these areas because there was really no need to. So, so I think funny. I love it so much because that's where yeah, I grew up and that's where I know better. Um, but I would say if people want to go to the left bank, and I know, I mean, most tourists go to Saint-Germain anyway, so I'm not going to mention it, but I'll mention um, the Cité Florale in the 13th. Yes. Which is gorgeous. It's very small. It's probably five streets by three streets, um, but it's really gorgeous, especially in the spring and summer. Um, I'll mention the Parc Montsouris, mm -hmm. uh, which is also very nice. And there are a lot of little streets around that are absolutely delightful. You actually, they're like cobblestones and like houses and you feel that you don't even feel you're in Paris. Um, I would mention La Butte aux Cailles, mm -hmm. which is also a little um, kind of area that's quaint and charming and neighborhoody uh, compared in to... In the 13th, yep. Yep, compared to big avenues that you can find everywhere else. Um, and I used to love going to the Cimetière du Montparnasse. Uh, which, really? Yeah. Which, and this is where you can see Gainsbourg. Ah, yeah. okay. Uh, and my high school was right there. Maybe that's because my high school was right there and I was just hanging out and crossing it all the time. But um, Just hanging out in a, in a cemetery. No, not, not hanging out in a cemetery. <laughs> but it is a lovely <laughs> area. It is a lovely area. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Yeah. But now you're spending when you come. You know, I... I and your other friends drag you to the right bank. That's right. At least for some meals. That's right. Meals and going out. And uh, my husband loves to explore Paris. I mean, we've explored Paris for, you know, the past 20 years together um, since we've been coming to back um, home. And um, it's just good to just pick an area that either you forgot about or you haven't been in a long time and then just, you know, walk. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think is very interesting about our collect our, our parallel stories is that now that you've been in DC for the last what two and a half years, yep, you've done a bit, uh, sort of a, a an American version of of what I've been doing in the sense of keeping your eyes open to what's really fresh and unique, yes, in your city, and yes. you created a hashtag called the other DC. Is that right? Yep. And why? Why? Um, when I. I think it's, um, I'll say that I've been, when I moved to D.C., I started to look at it with a European perspective and point of view, um, which most photographers and Instagrammers were really focused on the monuments, the columns, the mall, you know, the capital, and just photographing all this, you know, all the time. And it's beautiful. It's pretty. Uh, but it just didn't, I don't know, it just it, that's not where I spend most of my, my time, and right. that's not where I live. And I think most tourists going to D.C. do spend a lot of time at the mall, and that's what they know about D.C. Same thing with businessmen. You know, they have a conference. You know, they'll be at the hotel downtown, and then they'll be at the mall or nearby. And I just realized most of Washingtonians don't live in this area. And where are they and where, what do they see? Like, right, what, what are they actually the, doing then? Correct. And that was also my life. And so D.C. is filled with just, um, you, like, there's a huge European vibe throughout the city. I think, you know, when I look at Boston and Charleston and Savannah and New Orleans, D.C. is also very, very European, like these, you know, um, other cities. And sometimes I'll take a picture and I'll have people comment on Instagram, it looks like London or it looks like Amsterdam. This mm -hmm. is absolutely crazy. And it is crazy because, you know, you don't expect this because 
whatever you see about DC is going to be somehow related to a monument. Mm. Um, no, there's so much more character. And I, I must say, you, <clears throat> you've shown me that for sure. Yeah. But I mean, there's color, there's, yes. there are unique businesses, there yes. are sort of secret little passage like in Paris. Yep. Um, and I, I really encourage people to um, just explore rather than just, yeah, spend time at the mall and do, you know, the, the things that you need to do like any other tourists. But then but go don't, back. Don't, yeah, go back, like explore and, and, and venture out and, and, yeah, there's just so much to see. So the other slash new DC. <laughs> I don't no, know if I it's new. It, I no, it's right, new, right, right. But there are new things happening in DC also, and yes. that's that's been a, a treat to see. It's been, um, you know, if if and I, I was not in DC at that time, but I think DC drastically changed when the Obamas came in came mm-hmm. in town, um, because I think the Bushes were pretty quiet and didn't necessarily go out on the town, and I think the Obamas did the reverse, and I think it actually put DC on the map as a cool town to be and hang out and they mm-hmm. were going to dinners and they were going to lunches. And I think it was very drastic between the two families, um, how DC kind of evolved around them. And now Washington DC restaurants are being nominated for James Beard awards mm-hmm. and getting attention yep. in the national magazines, food magazines. And that, that helps too. Absolutely. Sort of like Philly. DC yeah. is where Philly was probably a handful of years ago. And I mentioned Philly because that's where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it's, in, it's interesting how these American cities you know, sort of need to come into their own yep. in a way that maybe French cities haven't needed to. You know, mm-hmm. Lyon has always been doing its own thing and has its own specialty and, 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 and special features. And, and same thing with other, other French cities. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's not even a useful comparison, but um, but certainly there, there's a lot you're exploring with DC, which I find yep. very it's, compelling. It's always, there's always, I find that there's always something to discover. And that's so. how I feel about Paris. <laughs> so what are you going to do for your last couple of days in Paris? Well, the weather is awful. Yes. So. <laughs> this was a gift. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, we'll see, we'll see uh, where it takes us. Um, I've, I've been here already two days before I went to um, um, outside of town. But um, um, what did we do the first couple of days? Um, I think we explored the same things, a couple of areas that we didn't know a whole lot about, um, especially around the Butchermont, mm-hmm. uh, which is always nice. Um, and last time I was there was a long, long time ago. Um, so we'll see how. I mean, it might have been, it might be a museum thing. Um, yeah, there and, and there are even there are v- new museums too yeah. that have opened up since you've yeah. last been here. So, yeah. lots and even of, old ones that I'm discovering through Instagram that I didn't even know existed when I was actually here. So that's fascinating as well. If you're willing to go up to Montmartre, you got to go to the Musée de Montmartre. <laughs> yes, which reopened. It was it's saved my, basically. Yes, it's on my list. It's okay, on my good. List. But I will, I will make it up to Montmartre for sure. Okay, if you don't weather, have to. If the weather's nice. <laughs> I'll take my passport just in case. Right, because it might be needed. Customs, yeah, very tough. Um, but uh, I, I think you, you lend a fresh eye to your city, and I'm always fascinated to see or to hear what you you know, what you like exploring when you come back to Paris. And, yeah. so, uh, and also discovering how the French have changed um, it's, it's, as a society. As a society. Well, we didn't talk politics. I think that's probably safer. Correct. Uh, Amer- American or French or Ameri- politics. Or, or American politics. Um, but, you know, I think it's a, it's also a nod to our two presidents who were just... Together. Together. So you and I, Macron and Trump, it's, uh, you know... Are you comparing me to Trump? And on that note, <laughs> David, thanks for being here. Everyone, if you want to check out what David sees, explores, eats 
if that's your kind of thing, he can be found at Frenchie, F-R-E-N-C-H-I-E, Yankee, all attached on Instagram. And use the hashtag the other DC. Yes, if you come to DC and you're away from the mall and you're exploring things and finding cute streets and facades and cafes and alleys, yes, definitely use it because I'll see it. And he'll share. And I will share. And encourage you to keep keep uh, keep on exploring. That's right. David, thanks for being here. No, merci beaucoup. À bientôt.